Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 23rd of May 2011. I always suggest at the top of this broadcast that you look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios for download which you can listen to at your leisure and hopefully you'll find lots of shortcuts to understanding this incredibly huge system you're born into with its overarching systems above government and how small groups of people really run the entire planets and planets future men who are used to planning long-term projections for their own businesses as CEOs of corporations and they plan the world in exactly the same way with the help of academia of course Academia is an essential arm to help bring all this into being. And uh, and then, of course, everything that that's academia com- comes out with is then put through the fictional networks, your regular media, to and into, into movies and into even soap operas to make sure that you get all the politically correct messages and you adapt accordingly into the t- kind of society that they want you to be. And it's, it's on an ongoing process. It never stops. And they've got lots of uh, big plans ahead all lined up for the public who are completely oblivious to all of what I've just talked about. They simply adapt and adapt and adapt and parrot the new phrases and terms and become politically correct regardless of what it happens to be. It's a simple technique. Now, remember too, when you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and see the audios, there's also transcripts available in English and other languages uh, on the website. So if you want transcripts, transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and there's a variety to choose from. All the rest have transcripts in English for print-up. And you're the audience that bring me to you, so remember too, you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. And you can also use an international postal money order from your post office, or you can send cash, or you can use PayPal. There's a donation button you'll find on the comm site. Uh, Use that and follow it with an email with your name, address, and order. I'll get it out to you. Straight donations, believe you or you me, I should say, uh, are, are really, really, really welcome at this time. And across the rest of the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal to order using the donation button. Just follow it up with an email, name, address, and order. And once again, straight donations are certainly, certainly welcome. Because we're going through, again, as you all know, austerity. Austerity is coming, it's planned, it was planned an awful long time ago before they gave us the word to start to part amongst ourselves. And austerity takes many forms. Most of the forms that's mentioned that don't use the word austerity, they make you think that things are just happening, the governments are all broke, and you've got to tighten your belts, etc., etc. But austerity means that the big boys who own the world's food supply will jack up the price of food to an incredible degree until they've got the proper balance there, just enough to keep you going and working, but not enough to, to have extra cash in your pockets to spend on things because now you're, you're a post-consumer, you see, post-consumerist society. 
That's how it's done. And gasoline and everything else that you need to all shoot up in price to make sure your disposable income is gone. Fees and taxes will take care of the rest. And that is planned. It's planned that way across the entire globe. Some countries will get a break for a while because they're, they've been classified as the most favored nation trading status. That's India, China, and uh, Brazil, and a few other places. So they get the breaks on all of that. They're up and coming, so they won't get taxed with pollution taxes, etc., that kind of stuff. But for the rest of the so-called developed world, which, being, which is now being de-developed, uh, then it's austerity time under many, many guises. And the public will think we're just broke, and so on, and so on, and so on. And that's how it's projected to them. They don't ask many questions because of the trading they've all had through, you know, that sheep dip and that sheep pen. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, most of the big science magazines uh, have funding from the big technology companies and that's why they're kind of a rah-rah team for all technology, even to do with with uh, watching all of us and, and so on. It's all done in a kind of a chewing type of uh, thing, but this, how wonderful this technology is, no matter what it is at all. As, as long as um, it's technology and advanced technology, they really, really go for that. Now, here's an article here from Technology News, and it says, DARPA's automated video surveillance will end public anonymity. Hi, folks. I'm back, I think. And we're cutting through the meters again. Uh, the, the phone dropped there for a minute. I'm talking about technology and how technology really is funded, the magazines are funded by big technological companies and how they put the, the smiley face on all the stuff that's coming out to watch you, monitor you and so on. It's a rah-rah cheerleading type thing. And this article is from DARPA's automated video surveillance. It says it will end public anonymity. Remember, this is to be a world where you can't hide. That's, that's the first thing of all. You can hide in, in this world. It's in a lot of, even at that statement's in a lot of new movies from Britain and other countries. There'd be nowhere to hide. We'll find you. You can have no privacy. So, this article says to be in public places to be on camera, but most video footage is discarded as only so much of it can be sorted and analyzed. Until now, DARPA has created a technology that can index and analyze video in real time, marking the end of anonymity in public places. That goes through the history of it, how it was made for the military, uh, first of all, and it was called Virat, V-I-R-A-T, I guess that's six rats. Anyway, uh, it tells you how it was such a success there, yada yada, because they can never tell you it was a failure, of course, it's going to be a success, because they keep wanting to sell it to the general public, or at least to governments. And it says, uh, it says, the military has an inherent interest in transferring surveillance duties from human eyeballs to an algorithm that can't be swayed by political pressure. In the run-up to the Iraq invasion, human analysts famously misread surveillance footage of pr- as proof of Iraq uh, weapons of mass destruction. And that's another lie there, because we know darn well that the Bush administration told them he only wanted to hear positive news that they had it. So all the guys that says there's no such things, we, we can't find it, and they were out the window, they were out the door, basically. But again, as I say, this is a, a, a site that's put out by the rah-rah crowd, you know. 
It says, as with many DARPA projects, the technology will eventually filter down into commercial industry and then finally to consumers. If the tech works as promised, we could start to see it implemented in domestic surveillance programs. Much of the Western world has willingly traded... Now listen to this. Much of the Western world has willingly traded privacy for the security of ubiquitous surveillance. Is that true? I mean, did you get a vote in this or a say at all in any of this? Of course we didn't. Most riders on public transportation feel safer knowing that they are surrounded by cameras that are plugged in directly to some control room. Oh, really? Of course, a dedicated team of human observers could never effectively monitor all those screens covering the entire system, but this new automatic tech authorities might be alerted to, say, someone walking uh, into the subway wearing a bulky coat on early July. Maybe the guy's got a fever or so, who knows? Additional facial recognition software might compare this individual's face to specific watch lists. So it's going to be all this watch list stuff. And if you look somebody like, like someone else, believe you me, you could you're, you're as well you're as much as dead. You know, this is already happening with misidentification, even with their wonderful smart computers. It says beyond surveillance, this automated video tech could make all uploaded videos searchable, regardless of tags or descriptors, as pocket-sized cell phones surpass the video technology of the camcorders of previous decades. We will all be captured on video and placed on the web on a regular basis. In the not-so-distant future, it may be possible for someone, friends, potential employers, whatever, to Google your name and find, in addition to your uh, Tumblr page, and that photo of you in your Halloween costume, your girlfriend posted on Facebook, some incidental footage of you at that political protest from last summer that some stranger uploaded to YouTube. Anything that happens in public will be public record. So, just to let you know how this brave new horrible world uh, really is coming. A lot of folk actually will like it. They're training the children to, to love it, actually. And you can train young children to love anything. And that's a fact. Anything at all. Uh, well, well-known science, very old science too, and they think it's all quite normal because their parents, uh, well, their parents just sit around and watch TV, I suppose, and too busy with other things to, to care much. That's how they. That's why this happens. This is why this happens. And of course, I've mentioned too before about depopulation. Depopulation is a big term getting uh, really blasted around the internet these days and at major speeches and, and so on at world meetings, how they want to re- reduce the population of the world by so many different methods or means and dates even come up too when you look at the army and military's forecast for the next 50 years, they talk about it halving by the year 2050, just magically by the way of course what they do know is that we'll all die off of cancers and so on through all the inoculations Remember, it's diet, diet injections and injunctions, uh, said Bertrand Russell. That's a technique they would use. And they've hit us with all of it, of course. And cancer is the name of the game today. Probably all everyone's coming down with it. And after this last uh, boost of radiation from Fukushima, I'm sure we've all got uh, fewer days left to live. Anyway, they love that at the top. But they're giving you all these flu shots and all that, too. They're, of course, nothing but problems all down their histories of flu shots. A Swedish registry-based cohort study provides strengthened evidence of an association between vaccination with pandemics, that was a flu shot, and narcolepsy in children and adolescents. I'll put this article up tonight, you can read through it. And it's one of many, it's been done, and they all confirm each other. 
that this this thing definitely is is going for the brain box. And if you want dumb, stupid, obedient people, like Russell said, you would definitely go for the old brain box. doesn't surprise me, but of course to the world, or if it's presented by the major media, eh, it's all a big mystery, isn't it? They just made a big mistake. They didn't know. Nobody would do that anyway, would they? No normal person. I wouldn't do that. So nobody else would do that. That's what they think. And what we find, too, is uh, this article here on uh, uh, climate change. Australia is going to be the first one in now that they've got uh, a Fabian Socialist as Prime Minister. And uh, just like the West, they're appointing these people to new positions, really unelected people, who are the new science stars who will rule your lives for you. This is the Honourable Greg Combit, AMMP, Minister for Climate Change and Energy Efficiency. It's kind of like a priesthood, isn't it? Minister of Climate Change. It's, it's kind of comical, like climate change minister. Anyway, it says the Minister for Climate Change and Energy Efficiency, Greg Combit, today announced the establishment of an independent climate commission appointing the leading science communicator, Professor Tim Flannery, as Chief Commissioner. Mr. Combat said the Climate Change Commission would provide an expert advice and information on climate change to the Australian community. So they're on board with it too, and they're the first ones, I think, to introduce carbon taxes uh, right down to a sort of local level. At least if they, ha- if they have it, and that's what's to come. You've eventually to pay a separate carbon tax at the end of the year. That's the big plan for the world your personal tax. And of course your smart meter will help you there. And the fact that you all are pretty well cashless now, uh, and everything's being monitored that you purchase, you have to pay for the tax of the, co- of the carbon it costs to build that little gadget you just bought. And that's all part of this wonderful new system. And that's why you'll have no disposable income now. It's all going up into this carbon taxes. Now, Everyone's heard about communitarianism and the big society, because Britain is a flagship for it. And everything that they do at the top always benefits themselves or their boys, or, you know, their, their, their brothers, I might say. David Cameron aims to boost big society. Prime Minister David Cameron has encouraged more charitable donations and volunteering in an effort to promote the big society. Remember what they said at the top from the Council of Foreign Relations and Relationship for International Affairs? They want to bring in a world where everyone will simply give service to the world state. That will be your function to, of being born, by the way, to be of service to the world state. Of course, the, the ones who are born in a, with the silver spoons in their mouths at the top won't be expected to change much at all. They'll still eat real, real meat, you know, grown on real farms, non-GMO foods and all the rest of it. But you won't see any of that because you're down the bottom. You'll be working for your food if you're lucky. Anyway... It says initiatives include donating cash at cash machines. They want to start t- deducting money at cash, first voluntarily, of course, where the machine will prompt you according to your income or how much you've got in the bank to give to charity. But eventually, and I've read this in other articles, it'll be mandatory so much of each transaction will go to charity, much like the phones, the phone lines use this too. You're paying through your phone lines for other countries to get phone lines put in or Internet and all the rest of it. And it says here, and the use of social networking sites to promote volunteering, he said. Government policies will also be tested for social value as, as well as value for money. It was announced. I mean, Britain's in an awful mess. I, I discarded about six articles today, all to do with patients dying in ambulance because they can't get in 
to the hospitals. There's, there's few, so few hospitals left. <laughs> They've slashed and closed them all or, or, or fired most of the staff. So folk just die in the ambulances, and the ambulances are just really ticked off with it. I guess we could get, you could get a lot of people in the area to volunteer, you know, and, and carry those people into the hospitals and lay them on the floor because, you see, the beds are all full. Anyway, it says government policies will also be tested for social value as well as value for money. But Labour said this was a desperate attempt to re- relaunch the big society. And don't kid yourself, Labour's all on board with this big society idea. They're all, there's no sides at all in this big system. A white paper will set out plans for more than £40 million in additional support for the voluntary sector. So the authorised volunteers, you see, organisations are going to get £40 million to start them off to their special pals and buddies. It's just same old stuff. Same old stuff. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I've spoken over the years about weather warfare, weather modification, and how the Air Force also put out ads a while back owning the weather. Uh, and I think it was 2020. They already are doing it, of course, because we're getting sprayed every day. But think where that leads to, because if you're in on the know and you're an investor, you know when they're going to cause drought or they're going to cause flooding, and you can literally bet on food. And now we know that uh, Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and all the rest of them are into uh, betting on your food supply. The whole planet, uh, they're putting us a form of derivative markets and they're selling it uh, on ideas of um, who might go down next year, bad crops, and putting these beds, these bets on them and hedge funds and all the rest of it. Same kind of deal that they've done with housing and all the rest of it too. Anyway, it says Goldman Sachs Group and Deutsche Bank and JP Morgan Chase which bundled and sold billions of dollars of mortgage loans, now wants to help investors bet on people's deaths. <laughs> Pension funds sitting on more than $23 trillion of assets are buying insurance against the risk that their members live longer than expected. They probably will have got us down typed with our, our genes and all the rest of it. They'll know who's going to die first with this disease and that disease. And after all, we've all had the shots and so on, and we're getting that rotten food with full of their chemicals too. Anyway, it says banks are looking to earn fees from packaging that risk into bonds and other securities to sell to investors. The hard part is finding buyers willing to take the other side of bets that may take 20 years or more to play out. Well, that's nothing for the big boys with the real cash, the real cash. Banks are increasingly looking for to offer derivative solutions, said Nardeep Sangha, 43 Chief Executive Officer of Abbey Life Insurance, a London-based Deutsche Bank unit that helps pension funds manage the risk of retirees living longer than expected, making the long-term maturity, maturity of the risks palatable for investors, including sovereign wealth funds, private equity bills, firms, and specialist funds is a challenge. As insurers reach the limit of how much pension fund liability they're willing to shoulder, companies such as JP Morgan and Prudential PLC last year set up a trade group aimed at establishing and and standardizing a secondary market for so-called longevity risks. They're also developing indexes that measure mortality rates and securities to let pension funds pay fixed premiums to investors in return for coverage against major deviations from projections. Uh, you know, you, we're living in hell, folks. 
Anything called humanity is gone, or humaneness is gone out the window a long, a long time ago. Or perhaps these characters never had it in the first place. It's the latter, I suspect, personally. Swiss reinsurance company, the second biggest reinsurer, sold the world's first longevity bond in December in what it called a test case to sell risk to capital markets. Uh, Goldman Sachs, based in New York and Deutsche Bank in Frankfurt, gave set up have set up insurance companies that promise to pay pensions if retirees live beyond a certain age. They typically receive a portion of the pensions plan's assets in return. The banks, along with Morgan Stanley uh, Credit Suisse Group and UBS AG, are looking for ways to offer this risk to investors. Ultimately, reinsurance capacity for longevity risks will run dry, and that's why it's imperative that, the, that as the market grows and develops, it's able to bring in new types of risk takers, Sangha said. The obvious channel is the capital markets. And you thought money was just a simple little thing, eh? not with these crooks at the top. You know, they smell all these alleyways you'd never, you can't even see. They smell them. It's just incredible what's running the world. It really is. It really is. I mean, it's so much prattle at the bottom level about, uh, from movies now and how people care, etc., etc. Nothing is further from the truth. And, the culture industry, of course, we know is uh, how we've all come to where we are in our own humanity or lack of humanity because the culture industry was set up an awful long time ago and Plato talked about it, in fact, and how you create cultures and those at the top must be in charge because anything coming from the bottom might have a ripple effect where it would, it would go against the plans of those who own and rule the country. So... We find that we've been degraded generation by generation uh, for many, many years by that, that tube that you watch, that television tube. It's not to, there to entertain you. It's the biggest tool to manage your mind and eventually your behavior that was ever invented. I've gone on about Beria before who worked in the Soviet Union. And in the 30s, he talked about how to change a culture. In his day, they got it down to about five years. He said it used to take us 70 years to make any major changes in the way people behave. And he had a whole list of things he wanted, you know, destruction of the family, unit, massive promise, unity for the West, all that stuff. Same as the Frankfurt School. It was a branch that came over to destroy the West and is still in charge today, by the way, of all media and entertainment. And there's no end to where they're going to go with it. Remember what... Uh, uh, Huxley's brother mentioned too, um, Julian Huxley, who was the CEO, CEO of UNESCO, to try and create a world culture via education, ropping in all the, all the national education uh, associations into this world association so that they'll teach the same stuff. And he said the same thing. He says, well, eventually we'll teach them uh, to basically rut like rabbits, uh, as long as they don't have any Children, they don't want children, you see, so they, they could have a, a field day, basically, literally, or anywhere else they want to do it. And uh, uh, as long as they had no children, that was the main thing. Plus, he said it would stop all bonding and be the end of the family unit, which is, which is what's happened already. It's actually here. And then you find they're still going at it today. And, and they didn't stop just with that. With, with, uh, they've had so many of the so-called stars that built up. And you can, you can build anybody into a star. Honestly, you can. Because when the big boys who own the system that take you over, it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, 
uh, and of course with the day's kind of music and the kind of mixers and equipment they have, they can make anybody sound much the same as the, what you're, the, the wailing that you're hearing at the moment, the, all that wailing that you hear. And uh, of, of course they've, they've got songs out about lesbian love and gay love and all the rest of it. Lady Gaga now tells little children, little girls, it's time and it's fun to screw two guys at a time. I'll put that link up for you too. Because, yep, that's what your little children are watching now. And it's not Lady Gaga's idea, believe you me. She's just a little whore who's been picked up. She could have been a stripper. Probably didn't get so much money at that. But she'll do whatever she's told. And she'll behave in whichever way. Because the real boys behind her, the guys that manage her, the big boys that create your culture. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, just talking about how nothing happens by itself and how when everyone at the bottom is dysfunctional, uh, then there's no unity amongst any of them. They're wrong so many different things. They never stand up and fight anything at all. That's part of the whole system. That's why it's going down that way. You need unity and common values to stand up together against anything. And I've said this many times, if you actually got so many groups up who think they're fighting what they call the New World Order, they'd end up fighting each other. When you really find out what they're, oh, you will have that, but we'll also have this. I'm not kidding you. And they would start battling each other. You see, and um, this article here is from Holland, and it says shock after a Dutch priest endorses pedophilia. Well, it's part of this man-boy love association deal, and it's also part of the world's agenda because in the 2001, when the, the, the association, the World Association of your censor committees that were supposed to watch all all media to make sure it's not too overboard for you, for your country, and you pay them fantastic salaries, by the way, through your government to do so. They met uh, in 2001, a couple of months before 9-11, and, um, and it came out in the newspapers then that said, now that we won the battle, they, this is the, your censor boys talking. Now they won the, the battle for homosexuality and get more and more stuff on television, which will prove more, more from now on. They actually said the next goal will be bestiality and intergenerational sex. That's what they want to call pedophilia. And Amsterdam, it says Dutch Catholic uh, Church and the Silesian Order investigating relevations that a Silesian priest served on, board, on the board of a group that promotes pedophilia with the full knowledge of the boss. The order's top official in the Netherlands, Delegate Herman Spronk, confirmed a statement that the priest identified by RTL News as 73-year-old Father Van B. served on the board of Martin, uh, a group that campaigns to end the Dutch ban on adult child sex. The group is widely reviled but not outlawed. And it says, however, Spronk's own superior in Belgium said he will investigate both Spronk and Van B. after both men were quoted by RTL News as saying such relationships aren't always harmful. And that's the whole thing they're going for, uh, by the way. And I know even the religion it initially comes from, it's very, very old, where they say there's no real harm uh, done us. This is the same stuff, too. You find all the other uh, weirdos uh, that gave you all your free love and all the rest of it. It's the same kind of stuff 
um, uh, that eventually dis- helped destroy society years ago coming out in the guise of science. That, that There's no real, like the Kinsey Report, for instance, where they hired um, professionals and government members, by the way. Kinsey, Kinsey's main character for buggering babies, which he did very well, apparently, and, and photographed it all and filmed it all with stopwatches to see if they cried, etc. Um, uh, yeah, he, he was a government agent. He worked for the U.S. government. And Kinsey eventually hired prostitutes and, and homosexuals and said they were the normal people and that he used in his test group. He tried to tell the public it was all normal people, but no, they're all homosexuals, prostitutes, and so on that he used, apart from the children who generally were in homes. And that's why they hired these professional pedophiles who were, were really uh, working for the government to go around the different orphanages to do these sexual experiments with little children, even babies as young as a year or so, a year and a half. So there's a lot of evil with us in the world, and of course I'll be condemned for even saying that because there are ones out there too that will demand their rights to do this kind of stuff, and that's what you're living in. That's what you're living in today. And I've never ever said I was here to save the world because I'm darn well, well, I know. Uh, that you cannot save a, a dying mass of people who've lost all their values. You can't do it. You cannot. People who've lost all the normal values that keep a society strong and workable, uh, uh, once if they've lost all their values, they can't stand up against anything. And they're gone. The ancients said that too. They knew that then. So that's where they go, well, if there's no harm involved, this is the same uh, thing that they're giving with, with dogs and, and, and cats and everything else that pe- some strange people have a, a lust after, that as long as there's no harm done to the animal, then what's the problem? Well, how can an animal consent, for goodness sake? Huh? How can a child consent or a baby that's going gaga consent? But you can't get into the head of the psychopaths, you know. It's a very strange, strange world they live in. But they will rationalize everything for themselves. It simply will make no sense to anybody else. Unless you've watched lots of TV. Because you're already being degraded through entertainment to accept anything at all. And believe you me, they've, ne- they've, never, they've never finished. They're not even halfway through their projects yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now... The BBC, of course, which was one of the main propagandists for the changing culture, through all the rubbish that it put out, off little stories that you get to identify with the characters, that they lead you through chases, all the usual stuff, try to hold your interest. Then in comes the hook, you know, the, the, again, to do with sex or whatever, or wife swapping, or whatever it happens to be, and, uh, and soap operas. And it says, reveal the 15 million pound a year BBC charity spends on overseas aid for soap operas, sex education and radio shows. BBC spending on foreign aid, this is the charitable branch of this government run station, came under fire today as it emerged that a charity run by the corporation is spending millions of pounds of taxpayer cash on overseas projects. You see, the BBC has been given the go-ahead to infect India and other countries like it infected and destroyed Britain with culture destruction. That's what it's about. The little-known BBC World Service Trust has offices around the world which employ some 600 people spending some £15 million a year on international work. 
The charity's productions have included a sex education advert for Indian men that features a sultry woman emerging from a bath. And it says uh, a romantic soap opera. That's no, you know, when you swap partners and stuff. Iraqi radio station and a climate change campaign in Africa have also received millions of pounds. Details of the foreign projects emerged just after Liam Fox, the Defence Secretary, criticised government overseas aid. Public services around the country, including the BBC itself, are also facing some of the strongest cuts in decades. Members of Parliament blasted the organisation, which is separate to the World Service, and questioned the BBC's independence when reporting on foreign governments and the charity's donors. You imagine that our foreign aid budget is being spent to save lives by pumping fresh water to a drought-ridden village, not to make soap operas, Philip Davis, a Tory member of the Commons Culture Committee, told the Sunday Telegraph. Some generally concerned that lots of the overseas aid budget is wasted, and before the government starts spraying even more money around, you would think they would check that the money already allocated was being wisely spent. This would indicate that it probably isn't. No, it's been wisely spent. You see, it's weaponized culture you're spreading across the world. That's what it's for. The BBC World Service Trust was set up in 1999 and has seen its budget grow tenfold, including spending more than £5 million each year on salaries. And it goes through all the money that it's given and so on. It says, Indian soap opera life, uh, Gulmohar style, which is described as funny, romantic and serious, has also received significant sums. And that's generally how they introduce it into a country. It's funny. It's got the romantic, the meaning, you know, jumping into rooms with each other. And serious, that's the consequences when the families break up. See, they program you for what's to happen to you when you do all this. Even how you'll behave when you're caught at it. I grew up watching that rubbish occasionally on Britain, just to watch to see what they were doing, and it was so well done, so well done in Britain. But I can, I'm lucky I can watch it like a director watches to see what they're trying to really show you. Never get caught in the emotions of anything, even the movies, and you'll, you'll see very clearly what the, 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 the messages are, very, very clearly indeed. And I've mentioned this before, but Prince Charles, as you well know, uh, is going around the, 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 the world, but mainly in Britain at the moment, with these new sustainable developments. And I've mentioned Knock Rune, it's called Knock Rune, this place. Prince Charles's foundation is, is taking forward Knock Rune as a sustainable mixed-use development that will serve as a model community for Scotland. <laughs> it is hoped and believed that this development will not only create employment and help bring prosperity to the area, but will in the longer term generate profits for donation to charitable causes once loans associated with the development have been repaid. So there's lots of loans involved and so on. But it's again, it's another one of these sustainable developments for this, the kind of middle classes who will be managing you. It's really for civil servants and stuff that they're setting them up for. And that'll be the little payoff that they're dash out in the country, just like the Soviet Union. Another article I'm putting up tonight too is called The CIA and the Media. How America's most powerful news media worked hand in glove with the Central Intelligence Agency and why the church committee covered it up. And it goes back to starting even in 53. In 1953, Joseph Alsop, then America's leading syndicated columnist, went to the Philippines to cover an election. He didn't go because he was asked to do so by his syndicate. He did go. He did not go because he was asked to do so by the newspapers that printed his column. He went at the request of the CIA. Alsop is one of more than 400 American journalists who in the past 25 years 
have secretly carried out assignments for the Central Intelligence Agency, according to documents on file at the CIA headquarters. Some of these journalists' relationships with the agency were tacit, others were explicit. There was cooperation, accommodation, and overlap. Journalists provided a full range of clandestine services, from simple intelligence gathering to serving as go-betweens with spies in communist countries. Reporters shared their notebooks with the CIA. Editors shared their staffs. Uh, Some of the journalists were Pulitzer Prize winners, distinguished reporters who considered themselves ambassadors without portfolio for their country. Most were less exalted foreign correspondents who found that their association with the agency helped their work, helped them get up the ladder. Stringers and freelancers who were as interested in Durango do of the spy business as in filing articles and the smaller category full-time CIA employees masquerading as journalists abroad. Many instances CIA documents show journalists were engaged to perform tasks for the CIA with the consent of the management of America's leading news organizations. The history of the CIA's involvement with the American press continues to be shrouded by an official policy of obfuscation and deception for the following principal reasons. The use of journalists has been amongst the most productive means of intelligence gathering employed by the CIA. I mean, it's also it's a two-way street, too, because they also give you a lot of lies and propaganda through your regular media. That's really the main reason for it. Says, although the agency has cut back sharply on the use of reporters in 73, primarily as a result of pressures from the media, some journalist operators are still posted abroad. So there's a lot of stuff on that going back into history, the different companies, the different magazines even in, involved, and so on, and television agencies, and, and it's, it's quite a long and lengthy article. And the sad thing is that people can't put two and two together. If they've been using them in the past then for goodness sake, don't ever think they've given up using them now. Well, that's old stuff. That's what we're taught to think. That's old stuff. And another article on the middle income earners, as mentioned before, who will be asked to make donations from the cash machines amid shame that the poor give more to charity. So they're going to use all your emotions again, and to feel rotten about not putting money into charity each time you draw five bucks out of the bank. Middle earners will be told today they do not give enough money to good causes as the government unveils plans to ask for charitable donations between 10p and £10 every time people use a cash machine. The Cabinet Office in a white paper on giving say, I mean, what's the government got involved? What's their business to do with giving? Telling us to give. I mean, that's all they tell us to do anyway is give them taxes. Another thing to give for, for their authorized charities. Anyway, it says, we'll see there's evidence that the poorest donors give most as a percentage of their income than middle class households and the wealthiest. Ministers will also say that companies should play a greater role with more corporate donations from wealthy business leaders in the mold of U.S. philanthropist Bill Gates. <laughs> if you follow the charities to see what they're really, really up to, because it's never ever what you'd imagine. Now, I read an article recently, it was called Perpetual War. I've read it over the years, actually, but I read it again recently, to talk about perpetual war across the world. We're in a stage now of perpetual war, and it's never-ending. We've been in it for quite a while. Really, with Gulf War One, it never stopped. And it's just an ongoing procession of wars that we're living through. Until the world is conquered, and everyone's by the same culture, degraded, and all the rest of it and easily managed by 
the big boys, who then depopulate through various means as well, up to the year 2050. And then after 2050, they, they hope to go in through the aid of science into their wonderful utopia. So your perpetual war, and here's an article here, Patriot Act to be extended to 2015 and congressional records. So perpetual Patriot Act as well, obviously. This is going to be rubber stamped every time it comes up for renewal. And actually it will get worse each time with more and more things added to it, more powers. Congressional leaders reached agreement on extending the USA Patriot Act until June 2015, providing law enforcement continued powers to track suspected terrorists that include the use of roving wiretaps. And the Senate will move the legislation on May 23rd under a timetable. Senate Majority Harry Reid established late today. And a spokesman for House Speaker John Boner said he plans to have a House vote on it before the law expires on May the 27th. The Speaker supports this common-sense proposal because this law has been crucial to to detecting and disrupting terrorist plots and protecting the American people, says Boner, a spokesman, Michael Steele. So the law will say that, of course. In reality, nothing's happening, but they're going to make you think that something's always happening to validate having it in the first place. The law was passed after September 11 attacks, and some of its surveillance powers have been controversial with lawmakers and outside groups, including civil liberties activists, the leaders who agreed to the four-year extension, potentially removing it as an issue in 2012 elections, including Boner, an Ohio Republican, Reed, a Nevada Democrat, and a Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, a Kentucky Republican. Both chambers approved a three-month extension in February. The measure agreed to by the leaders includes a wiretap power as well as the government's ability to get access to suspected terrorist business and other records and to monitor so-called lone wolf suspects. By the way, they've got the right now of giving themselves a right to, to tap everybody. We're getting tapped all the time, everybody, every one of us. Because, you see, in a totalitarian society, everyone must be predictable. To be predictable, they must know what you're up to all the time. You understand? You've got to understand. And as I say, too, in Britain, uh, assisted suicide is top of the list now as they demolish what was left of the health services. And it says legalizing assisted suicide would lead to death on prescription. Uh, the sick and disabled will be able to buy suicide drugs at the chemist if the law is changed to allow assisted dying, two of the country's most eminent legal and medical experts claim. So that's a solution, quite simple, isn't it? Very pragmatic at the top, aren't they? There are too many people, we can't afford to treat them all because we've spent all our money on, on our own uh, inter- international corporations and warfare, so we'll just get them to kill themselves off. And they can buy the pill. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. We'll try Carlton from New York there. Hello, hello, Mr. Watt. This is Carlton. Oh, how are you? Okay. Alright, how you doing? Not uh, so bad, yeah. Talking about um, media manipulation. And I don't know if you knew, but Oprah Winfrey just came out with a, um, fairly recently just came out with a new network. Now, I know you might be aware her production company was named Harpo. Yeah. Productions, which is like her name backwards, Oprah. That's right. But 
the new um, network she comes out with is OWN owned or Oprah Winfrey Network. But you know what that is backwards too. That's right, New World Order. <laughs> but um, as as well as I was thinking about the music industry now. I say the two biggest rappers out here now is probably Little Wayne and um on the for the males and for the females is another uh, person under his same label named Nicki Minaj now Little Wayne is he's outrageous in what he's what he talks about I mean just the same degrading mess anyway but I asked these little kids I um around where my job is on their way to school was like I told you like you talk about before the the blending of the of the genders basically and the androgynous type of yeah. hermaphroditic gender that's coming up. But like I told the kid, I was like about ten years ago, we used to get talked about if our pants was too tight. Now it's it's it was it was the baggy jeans with the sag and like when I was a teenager, now it's the tight jeans with the sag for the yeah. boys. And then the girls, and that got projected through the rapper Lil Wayne. But for the girls, is this whole we don't need boys or we don't need a man type thing and, like, real, real loose with the with how they treat other women and all the type stuff sexually. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. To me, that comes from the... The, the, the girl Nicki Minaj, because she actually came out and stated that she doesn't even really like men. <laughs> like, yeah. It, but yeah. but yeah, I see I see it, and I I asked the little kids like, where did y'all get that style from? Because I I thought I was like like if y'all came up when I came up, we would be talking about y'all right now. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I, they just don't know where anything comes from. It just to accept it like it's nothing. Exactly. They accept it, and, and there's a. Ma- I mean, Plato went through. He says it, it works together. The culture industry has the those at the top putting out drama, and, and as movies today, that is, you know, his day was drama on the stage, and everyone would copy it. It works together. He said with the fashion industry, the fashion industry, he called it, and he also called it that with the music industry as well. So they all work together. And then little children, as you say, they, they see the clothes appear in the stores and they buy them. They never think, wait a minute, it took, it took uh, many meetings of top uh, designers to, to agree on this style to give to you. And there's got to be a reason for it. Just like the miniskirt, there was a reason for that, you know. And, but but uh, generation by, de- by generation, they all work together and they build up these little stars that, that they could pick off the street anywhere, anywhere and make them a star. The ones behind them know exactly what they're doing, you know, ones behind them. But uh, but thanks for calling. Thank you. Take it easy. You too. And from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to meet your God or your God's school with you.